Welcome to the Music Talk podcast with me, Graham Farmer. In this series of conversations, I interview some of the biggest artists, DJs, and producers in the world. I hope you enjoy this series. Let's get into it. Hey, Sam. How you doing, dude? Welcome to Twitch. Welcome to my channel. Good morning. How are you doing? How are you? I'm great, thank you. Th- thank you for getting up super early for us. I wouldn't do it for many people, but for you, Graham. <laughs> special treatment. Yeah, welcome to my Twitch stream. You got coffee on the go? Great. You um, you've got, you've got, it looks very festive there too. Nice and uh, nice and sparkly behind you. Yeah, so for those that have not been with our streams before, I stream from my shed in my garden. Uh, we Basically, we started the streams, and this used to be the party shed in our bottom of the garden, and it's always been the disco shed. And then we kind of went to Twitch, and we were like, where are we going to stream? And basically, we were like, well, let's use the shed because it looks cool. And we've, it's evolved over the years, and... But now, yeah, we stream from my shed. It's hilarious. All the setup stays here and we've got, yeah, just a great thing. Um, so before we get into questions, full intense questions, we do something fun here because it's lunchtime here in the UK. We uh, love the meal deal. I know you're from the UK. So the kind of Tesco, Sainsbury's, you know, the kind of packaged sandwich crisps drinks. Do you, when you're here, have a go-to? For the sandwich... It, uh, it's, I've always gone to Pret Pret a Manger. Nice. That because and I like the egg salad. You know, yeah, the egg mayonnaise. Uh, yeah, and this time of year they got the, they have the the Christmas one as well, which is absolutely they they have oh, the best the turkey and the stuffing. Oh man, yeah, that's nice. The thing is about the 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 in England that you get in in egg mayonnaise they put crest, don't they? You yes. Know? Very English to do that. But in, in America, <laughs> they don't do that. So they're not. Not that, I, not, not that I have like you know a constant like need for cress in my life, but <laughs> it's just one of those things that makes it more English than not. <laughs> Someone said, "Fully expected you to go ghost to full kill meal deals for a triple combo, triple kill combo, triple kill combo." Love it. Is that an option? I'll take it. <laughs> um, I, right, I, do so full let- hit. I do the full hit of the egg mayo, followed yeah. by the turkey stuffing. And then, um, and then you gotta go. You gotta go the chicken salad, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Chicken salad is always good as well. I always have chicken salad when I had a hangover. It's always like chicken salad and quavers when I have a hangover, and that, and that sort of brings me back to life a little bit. I made, I made it the other day. Have you got you got a roast chicken knocking around. It's the only thing to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keeps it young. Thanks for doing this, dude. I'm really excited for this. Um, we. Uh, it's so good to see you first and foremost. I know I, we used to work, we used to do loads of stuff together. We've released records together. Uh, for those that don't know, um, you're a DJ, a producer. I know you from a DJ producer point of view, but also you're an actor. You've been in some amazing stuff. So I just thought we'd start by, if you can just sort of tell us your kind of, I thought we'd start acting and then and then we'll go into Call of Duty, then we'll go into DJ producer, if that's cool. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Um yeah, I've been I've been acting since I was a kid. I didn't not professionally. I did it just for fun for so long, and then when I found out that you could do it for a job, you know, it was really the only thing I wanted to do. Uh, I'm from Southport near Liverpool, and you know, there was a really amazing. It was just the the years that I was growing up there. There was these amazing um, drama groups, um, and um, you know, one of them was called Merry Go Round. Another one was the um, was called Song. Anyway, but we were all like, you know, young kids wanted, like just wanting to do 
just wanting to do stuff. And, and we had these teachers who were like treated everybody like they were professional actors. And some people didn't like it because it was a bit too, you know, we were like really like gung ho about it. But, um, of that kind of group at that time, which would have been, you know, I'm going to age myself here, but like, you know, the the early nineties, you know, that was, there was there was like so many professional actors that came out of that group weirdly mm. in southport you know no in way. the northwest of england just yeah no way and um, um so uh, but that was the beginning of it and then um i you know i, I went to Hull, Hull university and then i trained at, um uh later at bristol old vic uh, and then uh, after that i moved to london and then um and then that i was off to the races then you know i had a good you know, I, you know, I had a good, I mean, you know, you can look up what I did, but I did lots of theater for a while. And then I, I, you know, I did my first movie 2006 and then that kind of started a whole new section of my career. And then, and then in 2011, I moved to America. Sorry. Yeah. 2011. Um, um and then I've been, they've been here ever since. Amazing. Uh, was there, you, so you start when you're a kid, that's cool. Was you inspired from kind of, movies or was it or was it just i'm just gonna go and try it out i mean i think initially um you know my my parents and my grandparents used to take me to the theater all the yeah. time but not 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 even like the big stuff like local amateur stuff and and then we used to go to manchester and liverpool and then sometimes to london and and um you know i thought it was magic and um and yeah of course like like everybody you watch movies and you get transported by those as well and um and then and and then yeah and then but really i mean it was it was really just something i was doing because i loved it and then it turned into a job so amazing and then you were you were in harry potter wasn't you a long way back did i read that yeah 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 yeah. i was yeah i was i was in the last um i was technically in the last two um but i was in the middle of another job um, when we were supposed to shoot the, um, you know, there was the massive battle at the end of the, of the final, of this, of the final movie. Yeah. So, um, my character was supposed to be throughout all of that as well, but I was doing a play at the time and we couldn't, we couldn't figure out the logistics of, I would have had to come off stage. I was doing a play in less at the Leicester curve at the time. I would have had to come off stage at like 11 o'clock at night, get in a car, be driven straight to set, <laughs> go on set, work for the day, and then be driven back again to do a play at night. And everybody thought that was stupid, except me. I was up for it. But, um, <laughs> I love uh, it. <laughs> yeah, and so, um, so yeah, I was, I was, I was all set to do the, the sec, the, the, all, both of the last two. And then it wound up only being the first one because scheduling just didn't work but yeah i did harry potter for yeah i worked on that thing for a year um no running around the forest with a wand uh That's so sick. And it was, it, yeah it was great it was it was um you know at the time you know it was the thing it was the franchise that every every british actor you know wanted to be a part of and so yeah. when i met for it which was months and months before uh, we 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 did it, or before I got offered it, even you know it was like it was really exciting because you know it had been it had been it already been going for for five years, or mm. you know I was like oh that ship sailed then you know and then uh, <laughs> and that's how it goes you know and then sometimes then sometimes things come around and 
and I got my uh, I got my chance to be a part of it. So it was really it was really special. I got to work with some really cool people. And, but it's funny, you know, you work because they they're so meticulous and it's so grand mm. that you it, you know a lot of people's experience of that job is that you you work for a year and and the, 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 you're like this this much of it you know no way. because because it, but they have they have all the time and the resources to make it as good as it is and it takes it you know um but it was a lot of fun that was a good time and then after that did you do then you moved to america um what was the kind of thinking there was it was it to go after bigger stuff and because you'd done that movie and then move bigger and bigger i moved yeah i mean my wife's american so that was one reason uh why um it was a question about whether whether i should come or not um and then yeah and then it because i'd done because i'd done some work that had crossed over hmm. um you know there was a there was a conversation starter so um i kind of came out i was coming out to america at that point i'd been coming out to america for <clears throat> many times a year for about f- five years mm. um and so i already had some relationships here and then um um and then yeah and then i just decided you know it's worth it's worth seeing how it goes you know and seeing if i like it i think mm. that's a lot of the time you know i wanted a new experience really is what it was i i, I wasn't really thinking in terms of like oh this will be a good business move or this will be a good you know I've never really kind of lived my life like that. I've always been like, you know, what's the experience I want next? Mm. Um, and so I've always loved America and I've always loved the people from, of, of America and, 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 um, and I've always loved visiting and, I, you know, I'd spent many, many years like going in and out of New York. And, and so that's where I first moved to. We, we lived in New York and, um, and so, yeah, I just sort of came and, took a shot at it and um nice. and then you know and then you again like in the, and you never know what's going to happen and what's going to come your way and um but some great things did and so and then it was i've never come back you know except to visit um, <laughs> uh you know but all my, i'm you know and it's you know i miss um you know i miss all my family and friends and um you know from england but um you know life's pretty good here so i guess that's the joy of acting i guess that's the joy of that possession you can you get to jump in and jump out of experiences and jump out of challenges and um, similar to DJing, you get to travel, you get to travel, you get to, you know, those, that, that's the joy of it, you know? But I think that's the, you know, that's, that's the healthy life of an artist, in my opinion, mm. you know, I think, um, you know, any, any kind of, any artist, whether they're an actor or a painter or musician or DJ or whatever, mm. No, nobody's good at just one thing. I've never yeah. met one. I've never met a single one of those people that's only good at that one thing, or that's the only way that they can be creative. Mm. And so, you know, the best of those people are always pulling in new, new experiences and new ideas and new ways of doing what they do uh, and applying their talent. Um, and I think uh, that's the healthy way to be. And I think it's the most inspiring way to be. And I think it's where you'll find the, the kind of most interesting new things that you didn't know you were going to find. Um, and so that's how I think about, that's how I think about life too, is that, you know, where's the new experience? And, and, and if it doesn't work, what's the worst that's going to happen? Go and, go and do something else, you know? So 
Nice, yeah. So that's, nice. that's kind of how I came. It's kind of how I came to America, and it wasn't always easy. You know, like it was it wasn't always like wasn't always like you know everybody wants you to do everything or whatever. You know, but um, it wasn't really what it was about. Like it was, you know, it was about the experience of being here, and then you know, it's just kind of like sucked me in. You know, <laughs> nice. Seba says, was it hard adjusting to the time difference from moving from US, UK to America? Yeah, really hard. And it's hard because, you know, like, you know, it, connecting with people. I mean, right, well, here's a good example. What time is it there, Graham? Uh, one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, 7.20 a.m. here. So <laughs> I had to get up very early to, to, so to, you know, to be part of this. You know, but that's, that's the way it is. You know, I, I think like, uh, I think more and more people have to connect different time zones now because of the way the world works so um i don't know yeah it's it's um i'm always also traveling around all the time for work Mm -hmm. as well so quite honestly like there are times in the year when your body clock just doesn't ever settle (laughs) yeah you know and you just like you just you know you're you're on what uh, your body's in charge but yeah it it can be hard i I find i do find it you know you have to have to do the mental math all the time yeah. Of like, right, what what time is it there right now? So I have like on my phone, I have like seven different time zones of the people that I regularly talk to. So that I'm like, nice. oh, right, what are they asleep right now? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, surround, here's a good one. Surround, this is, I definitely would miss this as well. Surround Sound asks, uh, do you miss HP Brown Source? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I like, but here's the thing I, I, I like because the, the thing about HB Brown Source, right, is that it's always there, isn't it? You know, you yeah. go into a cafe, it's always there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, whilst that's like something to miss in America, you, it's hot sauce is everywhere. Oh my god! And, and if you're in a good, if you're in a good uh, cafe or like any anywhere, like a good diner, you know, mm. like there's not just one, there's a choice mm. of hot nice. sources, you know? So that's like, nice. that's the replacement there is that you get like aw- really awesome hot sources here. Right. So then you moved to America, then you did uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? That's sick, dude. I, I saw that as well. I was like, I love yeah. that program. That was, yeah, that was a little bit later. Um, but yeah, I, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I was uh, a Cree on that for a, f- a few mm. episodes. And um, that meant that I had to arrive at set at like four in the morning and be painted blue every day Sick. for a month. Yeah. Sick. Uh, <laughs> Some was, people see that as a chore, but I see that as, whoa, let's do that. I'm in for it. Y- yeah, you should try it. <laughs> Is it tough? It's it's long. Okay. It's long. But... um. Again, yeah, super cool. Like that was that was just that that was my first job after I moved to LA. Again, like it's really fun to like you, you know if you've ever visited LA, a lot of people go to like you know and do studio tours, yeah, that kind of thing. And um, it's pretty cool to walk on a lot because you have to be there. You know? <laughs> nice. The first, the, first, the first the first time is is cool, and that was my first time in LA. Um, yeah. It wasn't, you know, not my first time on a set, but my first time on a Hollywood set, you know, because I was invited. So nice, um, gangster. <laughs> but yeah, but like, but again, like, because I was in New York for like five years before I moved to before I moved to LA. So um, 
you know, when, my first job actually in America was was on stage, like I was on Broadway um, in a play, and then and then after that I did a turn Washington Spies on AMC. Nice. Um, that was that was a big TV show that ran you know ran for four years. Um, so that was really and that was kind of the thing that put me on the map here um, was that show. That was really really special for for other reasons, but yeah. Uh, Becca says, I loved you in turn. You were the best jerk. Yeah, that's accurate. And then Call of Duty. Let's talk Call of Duty. That's why we're here a little bit and also music, but let's talk Call of Duty. When did this happen? Firstly, dude, congratulations. Like we worked together for a bit before pandemic. And when my our friend, mutual friend Hobbs told, her, told me, I was like, holy shit, dude, that's wicked. Um, so firstly, congratulations, mate. Thank you. How, let's how did it happen when did it happen like let's talk the go into it yeah I mean, it was uh during the during the pandemic we were all still kind of like uh hunkering down and it came through like all you know uh in our business you know we used to go into rooms and audition for jobs and now we don't now now everything's done remotely pretty much mm-hmm. you know you, you 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 film yourself on you know you record it and you send it and um so uh it came through like a regular audition but with code names so i didn't know you didn't i did know what it was but i didn't know who i was auditioning for initially um and so it was all very hush hush but you know the audition was uh like a long monologue the first one and it was you know, I could tell from from the writing because the writing on this on this, I was about to say this show because it feels like it feels like a movie or a yeah. or any other TV show that I've done. It doesn't really feel like game specific in in terms of this, the writing. The writing is uh, better than many of the things I've done, and as good as the best things I've done. Like it's really really good stuff. And so the writing, I could tell from the writing that you know the kind of ballpark of the character. Mm. so i kind of just did my thing with that and didn't and didn't really think i wasn't really thinking about ghost when i auditioned per se i didn't know that i was auditioning for ghost initially anyway and then so i did sent off this monologue uh and then i knew uh like shortly after that i knew that they liked it and they wanted to do another meeting and then so i did uh, the second time i was um we did a live audition but you know remotely and everybody was on so like um the the head of all creative for call of duty brian bloom was on there um jeff nagus the director was on there the producer um graham hagmeyer was on there um from infinity ward and uh we kind of went through that we went through we had there was new material for that so then the new the for the for the second audition we did um you know, a couple of new scenes and, and then we did some improv, um, as well. Like that we did some stuff like, you know, as if we were in the studio doing, um, performance capture. Nice. Um, except, you know, I was in my home studio doing it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, cool. and, um, yeah. And then, and then it took a little while and then, uh, I found out, you know, I found out that I got it. And then I found out who it was. Sick. Yeah, like there's, you know, it's really, really exciting, obviously, because 
because it's it, it was it, I, I wanted to do it really because because the writing was so good yeah. like I didn't ever think you know, like you know you know as an actor sort of coming up you know coming into the business in the beginning of the 2000s right mm. I wasn't thinking about video games as like you know something that I would you know dream of doing right yeah but the writing was when this came through and it was like the writing is so good mm. i was like I, I, that's really all that i care about is what i'm not is what's the right what, what how what's the story what's the writing so the writing was amazing and then um and then yeah and then when it all kicked off and and we got going on it um i found out that it was you know one of my favorite jobs i've ever done it's, it's just <laughs> so, it's just such a creative environment uh, you know, and you're not really the the the. Uh, quite honestly, like I wasn't, I I was aware of the legacy of Ghost, the character, but we were doing something brand new with him, so um, you know, I wasn't pressured by it. And the environment in which you make the game is very small in terms of you know the people you see every day, and and the the focus of it is very it's 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 very quiet in a way like it it's you you're you're kind of in the studio with just the same 20 people making this thing and not aware of the hundreds of people that are really making it right yeah the the the, the engine of the game is 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 what makes we we kind of put the dressing on but the it's not until it really isn't until it comes out that you're a, become aware of the monster that it is, <laughs> you know, which is healthy because if you were thinking about that while you were doing it, you know, it could get in your head a little bit, but it didn't for me. Oh. I just was having a great time doing it, you know? So that's, that's amazing. I, 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 yeah, I guess if you were thinking about it all the time, you, it would definitely affect performance. And so there's some lovely comments, by the way, dudes, uh, Lone Ghost Wolf said you did, you, you did an absolutely great job in the portrayal, but somebody else says, oh, you're absolutely lovely. Well, I'll find it in a minute. Was it, how does it feel filling the, filling the boots of such an iconic role? Really cool. Like I, I, yeah, to be honest, like I don't, I don't, I don't spend my time like looking uh, online for a lot of things. And funny, like I don't, I don't like. I'm when I got the job, like I, I obviously like made a point to to educate myself on everything that had happened to this character <clears throat> on the screen of the video game. Right, that's just like good due diligence. But mm. I wasn't that for me, like <clears throat> because I knew that that Brian and the team wanted to, you know, write this character a little differently than they had before. That there's a point where that's not helpful anymore. Right. And that, that that's not, you know, that it, you have to concentrate on the present and what's in front of you. Um, so again, like I wasn't thinking about when I was doing the job, I wasn't thinking I was playing an iconic character. I was thinking about this human being and bringing that human being to life and with the qualities that they have also navigating a headset and a, you know, a, a, like a, a skin tight suit and a, you know, and a, and a fake gun. So it's all of that, but you know what I mean? But like, I'm not like thinking about the, the, this iconic character. And, and like I said, so the point is like when it comes out and when this huge operation starts moving and 
the attention comes on it. For me, at least, because I don't spend my time looking for that stuff, it was really fun to see it come out. It was really enjoyable. And, and I didn't, I wasn't really nervous about what people were going to think about it either. I was really, I was really proud of what we'd done anyway. And I knew that we'd done good work and, and I was hopeful that the, the, the fans of which there are millions who love it, were going to have a really great time playing the game that, but that in, in a way, like, you know, there's only so much of that is reliant on what we're doing. Um, but it all came together and it was, it was so satisfying to, to see it land and see people having an amazing time playing it, but also to have connected in a new way with the character. And so I, I'm really proud of where we've, where we brought him and, and, and I'm really like excited for, you know, what that means for the fans because now they've, you know, I think they they can really get their teeth into this uh, character in a new way. So I'm I'm ex, I'm ex, I'm excited about how it's how it's all rolled out, um, and um, and it feels really good. It feels really satisfying. Um, oh, I found that question. So uh, Marcy asked, "What was your approach on getting in the mindset of Ghosts?" Because as someone that grew up on it, she says you did an amazing job and she loved what you did. Oh, cheers, Marcy. Thank you. I don't know, like some, some of that drifts into like private work, I think, that is for me. You know, it's really like any other character is like, you know, what are their needs and what do they want? And, and that, that's on a macro level and a micro level, right? So like, you know, what are they doing in the world? Like, and what's right mm-hmm. in front of them and, and what do they need and want in that moment? Mm-hmm. Um, and once you understand the, 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 way, the way the human being thinks about the world and their perspective and you um you understand you you know you then understand how they might react in any given situation so that's kind of as much as i want to say about that cool how um someone else asked how how long did it take to make it because someone was asking about the filming how how long did it take how long were you doing it for was did you shoot in the u.s yeah, so they've been they the the team have been making it for I mean I think it's like three years of work. But the the part with us when we come in was a little over a year. Okay, cool. And we, yeah, and we did we do it in LA. Yeah. Um, a studio in LA. Yeah, all in, all in person. Even the voiceover sessions actually are all in person. Yeah. Well, let's say that some people got loads of people watching, dude. It's fucking mental. Uh, loads of loads of really nice comments. Uh, how the hell does it says Orsia live? You're such an inspirational man, Sam. You're one of the, my favorite ca- key characters. Keep going because you have a talent to be popular, most popular actor. Aww. Thank you. Uh, Appreciate. It. You re- can you see the chat as well, dude, on your screen? I can't see it, so I'm just okay. I'm listening to you. You pop things out. That's a very nice okay. thing to say. Thank you. Uh, bleeding eyes, you, Sam. You made an excellent job of Ghost. Fans love your performance, especially female from the female part of the fandom. Are you going to plan to stream in the future and play with the fans on COD? Uh, uh, you like playing the game? Yeah, yeah. I think that's what they mean. I'm, I think I'm much better in it than playing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's that's. I I don't see that in my future. No, but I, but. I, I mean, I, I watch people, I have played it and I'm not the greatest. And I, but I, <laughs> I, I also, 
I, but I've watched. I, I honestly, I prefer watching really good people play it. Yeah, you know, in a way, like, you know. For, but I, yeah, I mean, I do. If I had, if I had more time, I might yeah. get better at it. But I, I'll never uh, be good enough. To, I could. I, it, I'd never be good enough to to stream myself playing it. That's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. I'll, leave, I'll leave that to the pros. Mate, There's I'm too many good people out there. No one my, needs me doing that. My daughter's just started playing games, and oh my days! She sits there and she's like, "Come on, Dad!" And I'm like, "Oh crap! Yeah. What have I got?" And, I, and she's like, "You're dying again!" And I'm like, "Yep, I'm dying again. Brilliant! I'm terrible. Like I'm better on social, better social media and talking." Up. Yeah, growing uh, up, I we you know, I had um, we had a Nintendo 64, and we had sick. Uh, we had a what it was a Sega Mega Drive. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, and um, and the the games that I played growing up that that I cared about were Goldeneye. Yes, do you remember that one? We and played that at university play- so much, ridiculous amounts. Yeah, and you could play with, and you could play. That was the first game that I was aware of where you could play with multiple people at the same time. Yep. And so that was that was, and then the other one was FIFA. Yeah, and I played probably every single version of that game. Now, I used to think I was really good at FIFA because I was playing <laughs> Yeah. I was playing it for hours and hours and hours, right? Yeah. And then I would play with other people and find out that I wasn't as good as I thought I was. Right? Which team did you play so, as? Everton, always. Okay. Yeah, I know, and that's why you weren't very good. Yeah, I get it. But then, but then, <laughs> no. I, I know who no, I it ar- no, it answers somebody else's question from earlier. They said, is he a Liverpool fan or an Everton fan? And I kind of, that's why I threw that in there because I spotted it right back Good. at the start. And I was like, let's, that's why I kind of threw it in there. But yeah, but that's so, so I, I've, I've realized that um, I might be good at a lot of things, but pro gaming is never going to be one of them. What was the first system you ever had? What was the first games you ever played? Was it, was it consoles? Or did oh, you we, had a, we had a BBC computer. And so we would oh, do yeah, like we had those at school. Remember those? And, yeah. Like, and it was like one of those first computers that that everybody, every family could get, you know. Yeah. And so we had, you know, I would we would play all like the like Pac Man and the like the thing with the 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 ball bouncing ball and the yeah, you know, those were the first games that I was playing, and and you would get obsessed with them. And then there was, and then oh, and then we had a Game Boy, so you'd play Tetris and all those, and yeah. you know, and the, um. Was it Donkey Kong was another one or those yeah. those kinds of oh, things? Oh, you were down and, that you know, route. Yeah, I, so there was all I, that. I, I, had the, I had the Commodore Amiga. I had the Commodore Amiga and we used to play Sensible Soccer and that was I was that, that was the one oh, I was playing. Yeah, one of those as well, yeah. Sensible Soccer. Was that the one where you could do – oh, what was the one? Football Manager? Yeah, that was the one, mate. That was, I played that fucking to de- all day, every day for death, all my days. So I've got a good story about Football Manager. So um, – <laughs> So my brother actually has is he's an IT consultant for a for a living. So he's gone and taken computers and made a, a life out of it. Now he used to play football manager. He was the good gamer in our house. Mm-hmm. Like, but he was the smart game. Like he was a thinker too. And he was killing it on football manager. But every we only had one computer, obviously, at that time. And so everybody wanted their go on the computer. And the thing with my brother is that whenever I would say, like, you know, I want to play on the computer now, right? Mm-hmm. He would say, yeah, yeah, five minutes, you know? 
and then yeah. and then it would be like ten, and you'd be like, "Hey, come on, can we? I, I want to play." Yeah, and it would go on and on like this, right? And then eventually, like it, he was just like, he was, "I'm just finishing. I'm just saving it. I'm just saving because you had to save it." Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And there was one time where it had gone on for too long, and I was just too annoyed about it, and so I just yanked the plug on the computer. Oh my gosh! Before he'd saved, before he'd saved it. I definitely did that to I, my brother a few times as well. Yeah, I think I got a slap around the head that day. <laughs> Amazing. I deserved it. Yeah. So you so it was filmed, and then how long from filming to coming out did it happen? And then, like, what was that kind of when it all got unveiled? How's that life been? Like, hmm. I guess mental. Yeah, it's been. Uh, it, it, we were actually finishing it right up until uh, it came out. It, it's different. And, you know, when you do a movie, you you have a shooting period mm-hmm. and then there's an editing period. And then there's not normally, but sometimes there's some like reshoots where you have to like, you know, pick up a couple of scenes, but that's very expensive to do. So typically they will try and make the movie with what they have in the can. Yep. And then and then it gets finished off and then it and then it comes out. Mm-hmm. But with the game, it's constantly evolving all the way. E- even e- even after the rollout, right? There's 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 new versions of the game like Warzone and uh, and there's new new um, I forget what it's called, but there's a new version now with like a separate mission that you can do, and that's just come out, which is a new thing. And then that's so some of the, it keeps evolving. So we were doing it. We were we were still kind of putting finishing touches and new voiceover that they'd missed and that kind of thing right up until it came out, you know, really like the, uh, like a three weeks before it came out, we were, we kind wow. of finished the last kind of just the little, little tweaks, you know, but the, the, but they're editing the whole time and the whole, the whole thing is being kind of, you know, made to look beautiful, but like very early on. Like, so mm. we, we, every time we would come in and, you know, and shoot something, we would sometimes have a little watching session where we would see, you know, where they were up to. Um, That's cool. But it's, it's like, it's hard to process the amount of work and dedication that goes into making this thing. It's the, the, the amount of people we, we had, we had a party last week in LA to celebrate the launch of the game, um, which infinity ward, which the production company that made the the game through. And there were hundreds of people there that I've never met before that, And and they're like, oh, I did this mission, and I did this mission, and I do this on that mission, and so it, it, you know, we everybody's working right up into the wire, and then the rollout has been, you know, when and then, I mean, to me, like when I started seeing my face, you know, on like the Arc de Triomphe, and you know, in, in in Piccadilly Circus, and and all that, like it's that's. It's bananas, you know, mm. but, uh, but I, you know, at the same time, like it's just kind of not in my nature to go looking for it. So mm. for me, it's only been positive. I've, you know, I don't find, I don't find the negative comments mm. and reviews and cause I'm not looking for it. People send me the meme, you know, like, is it the, the, the ghost meme and that's been I saw, really I saw, hilarious. I saw some people talking about this meme in the chat, so I'm going to go and look that up after and see what see what they're talking about. Yeah, but I, yeah I'm glad you mentioned it. Uh, so I saw, people, I saw the other day that like Snoop Dogg had used it and and posted it, and I, I mean that stuff's just kind of hilarious to me. 
and, and, and it's a sign that people, you know, all of that stuff, even when it's like, you know, close to the bone or whatever, like for me, like that's, that's a sign that people are responding and engaging. And I think it's really cool. Um, yeah. I really don't like, you know, I don't, I don't mind watching my work and I don't mind, I don't mind hearing about what people think about it, but I don't go looking for it. So if you don't go looking for it, you don't typically come across anything that isn't very nice. So it's been, it's been really, it's been a really kind of enjoyable experience so far. A few people are asking this in the chat. Uh, Bella Donna Morta, I see you asking it as well. Uh, welcome in, by the way. Welcome to our chat. Welcome to the show. Uh, asking about the filming and the kind of creation. Were you? How was that working? Does it motion capture? You mentioned earlier about a suit and kind of how did that? Can we go logistics into that? So, yeah, the way, yeah. The way I just the way I when people ask me about it, the the way I describe it is like it shoots really like any movie. You know, less like a TV show because there's, there's more time to do stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't, you're not trying. And, and when you're on TV, like the, the amount of content that's needed to, that you need to get in the can in a short space of time means that you do a lot more in a day mm-hmm. than you do on a movie. Um, cause you're only making, you know, you're only making two hours of work versus, you know, 20 hours of work or 13 hours gotcha. of work. Or whatever. So, um, so you have more time, uh, to do stuff and, the so call of duty i would say like films you know on a on a schedule that's more like a movie uh, mm-hmm. in a day you just do maybe do a couple of scenes a day but it's um it you know it and i, I mentioned it's like a movie because it doesn't feel any different to making a movie apart from the fact that you're in a very tight suit which looks exactly the same as the person's next to you. Uh, how was how so, that, dude? How was that, dude? Pleasant. Do we have to? Do we have to do a lot of exercise beforehand? And and do we spend a lot of time in the gym? No, up because, to it? They, because they can draw anything out that they want. Right. Good. They can make you bigger Great. or smaller. Great. So um, no, and and so, and then you have a helmet on, which is yep. about you know like a hundred grand's worth of equipment on your head with, with like uh, a couple of cameras on it and lights. And, um, and I would say that's like the weirdest part for an actor is that, you know, if you're having like an intimate moment with another character, mm-hmm. you know, you have like cameras that are like, you know, this, f- I'm trying to do this on the frame, like this far <laughs> in front of your face. Yeah. So you can only get as close as your camera and you can't clash cameras. Right. They're filming your face, by the way, these cameras, right? You yeah. can't like, you can't clash cameras. So there's a little bit of kind of um, dancing that goes on to to make that work. But in terms of the actual making of it, you know, it works like a, a shooting day. You know, you 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 rehearse, uh, you discuss, you rehearse, and you uh, get it to a point where everybody's happy-ish. And then you start rolling camera and you just keep going until it's done. But it's like it's, you, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's pretty similar in that way. Did you have a favorite scene to shoot? Someone asked. I saw that in the questions. Let me just have a scroll back. So you asked that. I wouldn't say that there was a favorite, but there was some scenes that I remember finishing and thinking, you know, we, you know, that was that could that could be a big moment in this, mm. you know, like so. I think you know where you know Ghost Ghost has been, um, you know, is famously like a lone ranger. You know, mm-hmm. he's like. He operates on his own, you know, on a code, and 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 so for him to say, 
no one fights alone. Like that was a big moment, I think, for the, for him. And and I and when we did that scene, like, and we landed it, I think we all thought that's that's a pretty cool moment for the for the character and the story arc, you know. And then the other great the the other the other scene that um, that was very clearly a big moment, and and kind of affected everybody was when the one four one are together, and uh, now with Alejandro um, and Rodolfo, and ghost takes off his mask right and 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 his team get to see his face for the first time in we don't know how long you know it's a big moment and price price acknowledges it and i think like you know you know going into those scenes that they're they're like big moments um you don't you don't play them any differently that they are just they're just the things that happen in the story but they're satisfying to do because you know you know going in that it's it's a big story moment and when you feel like you've kind of captured it, you know, mm. you've caught those butterflies, you know, it feels really good afterwards. And then, and then you forget about it because you're on to the next thing. And then later when the thing came out, this is what's been fun about the rollout of the game is that you start to see people's reaction to those moments. And then, and then them taking that story, you know, the, the fans taking that part of the story and then uh, processing that themselves and having their own feelings about what that means you know, in, in the context of how they view these characters and the story that they've been, the journey that they've been going on following these characters for so for so long. And that's for, for us, like to sit back and see that play out. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's the reason we do it, right? That's the whole point of doing anything like this is that it, it, it kind of captures the imagination of, of, um, of the fans that love it. So that's, but I would say those two scenes stand out for me. Hmm. Um, but there was some, some other ones as well, but like, yeah, those, the, those are the two. Dude, they, that's just, they just sent the chat a mentor. I'm just going to, while you have a quick sip of the old coffee, I'm going to, uh, Colette Schapper, good, uh, uh, so that was iconic scene, Falente. Uh, that was my favorite scene, Levi Unleashed. Ghost taking over the marks was his favorite scene, Fivery. The character development was so subtle, but impactful. So awesome to see it happening on screen. Marcy again. Amazing. Thanks, Marcy. Thanks for being part of this. Uh, cool, Aid. How did you feel when you, how did you feel when you found out you got the role? I was really excited. Yeah. I was about to go off on a camping trip and I was um, in the middle of packing the car. So um, it was, it was, uh, <clears throat> and if you've ever packed a car for a tramp camping trip, you know that yeah. it's, it's not, it's not it's the like calmest Jenga. thing. You're like. <laughs> <It's-> yeah. and, <laughs> and, and also you're like, you're going off into the woods. So you're also panicking that you don't have enough. You always have more than you need to survive, yeah. but it always yeah. feels like you don't. So it was a good, it was a great distraction uh nice. to get that phone call but it felt great you know look it's it's um i think <clears throat> i've been very very fortunate that there's been some a few phone calls like that in my career mm-hmm. and um i think you have to just stop i think um and just kind of like enjoy it and um yeah you know high fived with the wife <laughs> yeah then, nice um yeah i uh i saw someone said oh calistra do you have any advice for beginning voice actors do I have any advice? I, not off the top of my head. I don't actually. I don't. I'm, I don't know. I, I would say, um, but I'm just think. I'm just thinking on the fly. I would for for voiceover. I was like, I'd be like, start recording yourself a lot and start listening. You know, like pulse. Uh, my advice would be like to get to know your instrument. 
I guess, mm. you know, like start, start, uh, you know, if you're just beginning, then I would say you want to get used to recording and hearing what it sounds like and finding out whether what you think you're doing is what you're hearing. But, yeah, um, yeah. but I don't know whether, I don't know whether the question was about how to get jobs or whether it was about the technique or whatever, but, um, I'm always like my main advice for <clears throat> anybody getting into this business. And I think it applies to all of whatever your art form is, is like, do it for you. Like, it, like have fun. It should be fun. Right. Hmm. And, and so like at the beginning, like when it's not a job, you have to keep doing it because you love it. Hmm. And because, it, because it's fun to do. And if you're not having fun doing it, then something's not right. I mean, I, I, you know, I can confidently say that, you know, I get excited about every single day I go to a set to do anything, every single one, even on the days I'm not feeling great. It, it's, it's like, it's, 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 I don't know, it's what I'm here to do. So like, I, I, you know, I love it. And so you have to keep, you know, it's, it's, it's too difficult a business hmm. to not love it. So I, I just keep having fun. Is, is always my first. <clears throat> That's the top of the list. Nice. Someone said, oh my God, please ask if he thinks hmm. Ghost would listen to the music he makes if Ghost would listen to house music. Told you, banging. Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think so. I, I think I think um, dance music lends itself extremely well to the military mindset. You know, there you go, there you go. The silent nod. <laughs> Everyone's laughing. Amazing. Um, so let's talk DJ and producing. We talk. Um, I know. I like. I met you because you're a DJ producer. I know you because we put you put a record out which we premiered on Data Transmission uh, with our, with our good friend Hobbs uh, called Game Plan. And I thought let's play. We got. We're going to listen to some tracks. We talk some through some music. Um, but tell us when you started DJing. How you got into DJing? When you got into house music? Let's talk about that. Yeah, great. So um, my my brothers were um, into like the early nineties um, dance music scene in England. And I grew up mm -hmm. in I grew up near Liverpool. And every weekend, as you know, I became aware at one point that my brother would disappear in a in a transit van with a with a friend up and down motorways Amazing. right in England, right at the weekends and then he would come back not really be able to talk to anybody for, a, <laughs> for, Amazing. for a and and he would have a new cassette tape with him every weekend right and this is the this is like the thriving acid house scene basically Right, the, and the, the early days of like raving, not the early days, but like you know the the sort of like the the, the beating heart is is up and running already. You know, that was my introduction to to dance music, <clears throat> and at that time I was like tw eleven or twelve, right? Yeah, and so I was trying to listen. And then when he was when he was out, I would nick the cassette tapes and start listening, and it just like blew my mind all of this music. And I was like, I didn't even know what I was listening to, but it was, I found it really emotional. Like I, I like the, the it, it was like, it was changing my feelings. 
And um, that was my beginning, the introduction to it. And then it turned out that the the guy that he was going up and down the motorway with was a DJ. And they were like super close friends of ours. And then it turned, and then in their garage in Southport, the Davises, they were Adam Davis <laughs> and Barnett Davis. Barnett's still a DJ. Actually, he's really one of the best DJs I know. But anyway, but we, they had a garage and it was just wall to wall records everywhere mm-hmm. and two techs, turntables and a mixer. Nice. From about the age of like 12 or 13, like we used to just hang out there any time we could. And, and then they would, I wasn't allowed on the decks until I was like 14. And then I, mm-hmm. then I started to, you know, when they would go out, I would go on, you know, and then that was how it all started for me. And, you know, and we were in like, we were lucky because we were growing up in an area that was like so rich. Like, you know, we had cream, we had the Hacienda and all, and nice. all the clubs in between, you know, and, 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 and you know, and, and England is, you know, one of the things about moving to America is you realize how small England is, right? And how, <laughs> yeah. how, I, I, but I mean that in like just geographically how easy it is to mm-hmm. in a night, which is why DJs have done it, always done it. You can play a gig in Liverpool and then also play a gig in Scotland or Manchester on the same night, you know? And so, but that was what clubbing was like, you know, you could also like, you know, go anywhere on any weekend. So, by the time I was like, so I started DJing when I was 14. I wasn't really playing out to anybody until I was like 15, probably 16. But like, you know, we were playing on the decks all the time and getting good. And that was the beginning of it for me. And then, and it was really just through the love of the music. And, and, um, uh, you know, and then when I was 15 was when I first went to Cream in Liverpool. So like well underage. Um, and and of course, you know, you can imagine, but I was like a tall kid, so I could get away with it. And, you know, and, and you can imagine for a 15 year old being in a very, in, in that rave environment in the nineties in was like, cream was like a church, man. It was like, we were just there as often as we could get there. And, um, saw some like the best of the best DJs coming through that club. Everybody mm-hmm. played there. Yeah. And, um, and so that was the beginning of it. And I was just a raver. Like I just, you know, I just was there loving, just there for the music, pure and simple. And then I went, started going to Ibiza when I was a bit older. And by then I would say like, you know, by the time I started going to Ibiza when I was like 17, by then I was like, I'd say that I was like, getting pretty good at DJing. And, and then when I went to university, like then I really started playing out a lot. And when I was at university, we, a few of our friends, like we started, um, a night called fluid. Nice. This was in Hull. This was in Hull. And we started in this like, yeah. And we were at this little, little club. It was like a one room club in like a residential area. And we just like packed it out and it was mental. And then, I remember being home in Southport during the summer and one of my friends who was like, who was like really the promoter of that night, he said, you're not going to believe this, but we've got our own night at the room in Hull. Now the room was like the cream of Hull, like not on the same scale, but like that was the, like the, the, the room was like the, the club in, in Hull. And, um, and we had, they had a second room and we got a night in there. And so that for like 
a year and a half, like every week, every Wednesday, like we had this, this night at this club, a proper club. And so that was when I started really cutting my teeth as a DJ, because when you get to like have a residency, you know, the good nights and the bad nights, like you start to really kind of understand how to, how to, how to, how to, how to like, you know, program, like, you know, how to like, you know, how to like build a, build a set properly and, and, and cater to that. So that was really, that was when I really started getting into it. Um, and, and started to feel like I was kind of seriously understanding what the, that job was. And then, uh, but then I was like, I was, I was really of a mindset that I was going to be an actor. So, you know, that was really where my focus was, but I, the music never, ever stopped. Like and when I moved to Bristol, like the decks, then the decks always came with me and, and I would like, you know, like when, whenever there was a party, like I would DJ and, and, and we would throw parties and, and then, um, and then when I moved to London again, like I would actually do gigs all around London. I used to do warehouse parties and, uh, and that kind of a thing. But I would, again, like it's what I was talking about before. Like for me, like in my mind, like my job was going to be, I was going to be an actor. Like mm-hmm. if, if it all worked out, that was, that was the plan. And I was doing this stuff and playing to quite a lot of people sometimes, but I wasn't doing it for money. People would pay me here and there, but like it wasn't for that. It was because I just loved music. And, and so that was, that was my experience. And then, so I would just keep doing it. Like I would just do gigs here and there. Nice. And even like I did, I did, uh, I spent a lot of time at the National Theatre in London. Like I did, I did like quite a lot of plays there. And after, even after like, I was like, well, everybody likes to party after the show. So at the National Theatre in London, I got them to set up a couple of Technics decks <laughs> after the show. And then I would DJ after the show. What the fuck? So we do like a Shakespeare play. And then like I'd bring my add my record box and I'd come and bring it up to the bar. And then I'd DJ at the national. And that was just something I did. Like, and um no pressure, like just for fun. We were friends, but like, you know, that was the thing. Nice. Just it was always there, you know. Nice. And then when I moved to America and then like along the way, like I was always like making little bits of music, but I didn't really have a, I didn't really have a door. Like I didn't understand what I was doing, but I used to like, <clears throat> you know, I used to record, um, I used to record my, like Steve Lawler, who's uh, like a friend now and, mm-hmm. and a close, uh, like a, an even closer friend of my brother's. He would always start his sets in a really dramatic way. Like, he would always like have like weird noises and then it like the tribal loops would come in like all, all of this like amazing percussion and then it would like build and build and build and i was always really inspired by that so then i was like i started to make my own acapellas like just spoken word that i would oh, then sick. like so then i would like and i would record them on cds so that when i dj'd i would like stick it in the cd deck deck and i'd find some rumbling noise or like play a record really slow so it would just like rumble and then i would play this acapella over the top there was no effects so you you couldn't do any of that (laughs) and then but then eventually you know and then you would like start bringing in the other stuff and get creative with it so it was another creative outlet for me but that's how i that was my version of making music i didn't really know anything about that side of it until later and then you know and then i got fully like and then i was working right so then i was like then i was doing 
acting jobs and and that was my main focus and and the music was still there but i wasn't it wasn't like the the main kind of feature of my life and then much later um so that was kind of the way it always was it was just always like I'd do this thing here or this thing there and then much later in 2013 mm-hmm. so i i wrote a short film which i still i wrote wrote and produced and wrote produced directed a short film called the break about a dj in new york um and um i will uh we have a slight licensing issue with um one piece of music which is why it's not online yet but when we mm-hmm. figure that out we will we will get it out there and so it's about it's about a dj getting his break in new york and mm-hmm. um uh, actually the music in that a lot of the other music so i mixed all the music for the film and so whenever he's djing that's me doing it uh, even though I'm not playing it, but um, Steve Lawler was kind enough to um, let us use a lot of Viva tracks in the in the in the movie. Cool. So there's a lot of really amazing music in there. And anyway, I thought it would be cool when we put this film in in festivals, and we we won we won some awards at festivals as well. But when when we, I thought it'd be cool, like to when we put the film in festivals, to have a pop up nightclub as nice. part of this thing so and the, the the club in the movie is called um voltage and so i made a pop-up nightclub called voltage nice. and uh, i was filming um in richmond virginia at the time and i was like well this is where the first party is going to be is in is in <laughs> richmond so uh, i connected with the uh the party liberation foundation and um they're like a you know they're like a big they're like a burner crew, like a big party uh, nice. crew. Yeah. And we we got this thing going and we were in this warehouse and had like 500 people come through um, and it kicked off. And so then I got a call from a guy in DC, which is like, you know, an hour, two hours down the road. He said, will you come and do the party in DC? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, so then it all started coming back to me and then and then i started connecting with other djs and what have you and then and then i just started and then i I started playing at a club called flash in dc which is like an amazing underground well it's not an underground but it's like an amazing house club in in Mm -hmm. in dc and i would start playing there pretty regularly and then it just started building again without me really trying and then later that that year um, which was after I'd moved to LA and started meeting some really cool people through that. And then that summer found a way to go and do a, a retreat in Ibiza. And that was, by then I was producing like more seriously, like I hadn't released anything, but I started like working on, on stuff. And I met um, Matt Hoban, Hobbs, mm. through that retreat. And um, we became really, really close friends and, and started working together on some some music, and we made um, that summer we made three tracks, one of which got signed to Dawley's label, Reptile Dysfunction, a Game Plan, and the and the other two we signed to Black Soul Music. But the Game Plan really kicked off, like it just kind of hit hit a spot, and Marco Corolla was playing it everywhere, and loads of big big DJs were playing it. That kind of really kind of was the beginning of me making a lot of music. 
um, some of which, um, you know, some, we you know one of which you, you released and, um, and what have you, but yeah. like, that's been, that's been the story and, and, you know, yeah. And like, whenever I can get in the studio and make stuff, I can, like we keep going. Hob, I just want to talk about like Hobbs. Um, so Hobbs who I made uh, a yeah. game plan with, um, this is, this is another like example of, of what I was talking about before. Uh, Cause I know there's a lot of like, you know, producers at different parts of their journey. The way that I met Hobbs just by saying yes to some opportunities that might not have made much sense mm. that didn't have an end game. Right. And I think like, this is the, the like, this is the artist's way mm. is that you mm. is, is you have to say yes more than you say no. Right. And you have to just like, sometimes, you know, an opportunity comes and you're like, yeah, sure. Okay. Like just by kind of like looking to connect with other musicians led me to finding my way to Ibiza, you know, really just kind of, which was to, to like connect with other artists and other DJs and, and other producers and learn. Like I've, I've always felt like a beginner in everything. Like you always, I think any artist will be, be lying if they feel like they're an expert at any time. Like, you know, like you're always feeling like you're a beginner and can learn more. So just by kind of like going, are you saying yes to this and yes to that found us in a place together where two people, two artists like connected and started making something without any kind of like end game, just like, you know, let's make music. And then it turned out we, and then we had like a hit on our hands. And now Hobbs is a co-owner of, of reptile dysfunction, that label that we signed that track to. And he could have, um, you know, he could have never have planned that for himself, you know, but his like, he, he went from, you know, Hobbs has gone from being one of the best producers that I know who was doing Agreed. other things to now having a life of music and, and, and a life, you know, revolving around helping other people make music and making his own music and, and, and running an incredible label or two. Like he's like, he's, you know, that I, I think like, that story is really amazing. You know, if you don't know who Hobbs UK is, you should check him out. Um, he's not only got like an amazing catalog of music, but he's also like, um, his story is really interesting because he's, you know, he's also like been, uh, you know, been on his own path. And like, and I think that's really interesting is like how you connect with people that you didn't know you were going to connect with. I think that that's our business as well. And like, you know, and in the music industry, like, you know, like one of my good friends is, um, is Bontan, right. Yeah, nice. Who's like, he's like an incredible artist and, you know, we're from Southport, both of us and never knew each other in Southport and met in LA. We met in Los Angeles and, and then like after we met in Los Angeles, which was actually, we met, uh, I met him once at a gig he was playing and then I met him uh when he was with Youssef because I was meeting Youssef um and then we just kind of like connected and and then again like that's become like a a bigger friendship now and 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 but I'm also like a huge fan like I'm a huge fan of a lot of my friends work like I I would go and see Bontan because uh, like if I didn't know him because like he's he's like I just love love him. I think it's important to like that's another thing like I think it's really important to to get behind your friends work your other friends work like to like to give to to spend as much time putting effort into your friends 
work is, is your own sometimes. Like not, I mean, you're obviously like you're, you're creating, right? That's one thing. But another kind of inspiration for creation is putting some attention on other work that isn't yours. And so like Hobbes is a great example of that. Like I ping everything back to him and vice versa. And we're always sharing stuff. And I think what you do is like really good for that, right? Because that's what this is. That's what that's what this group does is it's yeah. like constantly work. It's strange because I, 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 as, as you know, I've all, we've I've also made a track with Hobbes and we both kind of, we've both done that kind of, we've both put one out with him. And, and he is, I agree with you, he's an amazing producer. Uh, and it knows so much stuff. It's unbelievable. Um, should we play that track you made with Hobbs? Should we play Game Plan? Should we listen to some music? Play it. Play it. Uh, let's go. So that was Game Plan, which you made with Hobbs, which came out on Reptiles Function. That was absolutely mega. I love that. I love, still love that track. I love it too. I when I, I I remember like when we when we wrote the the brass section of that track still, and then when it when it when we kind of like found its spot in there, it's like it's still really satisfying. By the way, if you want to work with Hobbs, he's doing a retreat, an uh, orbit. It's called Orbit Retreat. Is it orbits or orbit? Yeah, it's orbit DJ retreat. It's on in Ibiza next summer in October. Actually, I'm on that retreat as well. And like Sam Devine's on it, and Gore and Houseworks. Like, I mean, it's the 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 Dawley, obviously, because you know it's it's his thing. But like, it's um, that's that's like a I I can't recommend things like that enough. Like. Mm. You, you know, like even even like even the the reason why all of you guys and why people like Sam Divine and they're not there because of the money, right? They're not there to like earn money. They're there because being together with other artists in a safe in a safe space where you can fail safely and like always breeds good stuff and. It's about like, <clears throat> like if you can, if you can make it happen, go and do something like that. And even if it's not that, do something. That's that's my advice. Like, just be around other artists and see what happens. Without you don't even have to do anything; you just have to be there. You'll you, something will happen. <clears throat> yeah, Loz has just uh, dropped. Like- Loz has just Loz has just dropped the link in the chat. I, I'm on that retreat as well. I did it this year, and it's it's excellent. Basically, we all land in one one hotel in one place in Ibiza. And there's DJing, there's productions, there's social stuff. It's it's such good fun, and and some of the music that comes out of it is amazing, and it gets signed, and yeah, it's great fun. It's inspiring. 
It is. Uh, loads of good comments about the tr about the first track. Like, uh, Coolia, this is this is a good song. This is so good. Uh, Colette vibing hard. Ta uh, goes good vibes all round. This is lovely. Levi unleashed. Felente, we vibing. Twitch would eat this up. They say they definitely want you to DJ on Twitch, dude. All right, we'll make it happen. <laughs> That'd be fun. We can we can we can do it. This stream is so cozy and welcoming. Well, thank you. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, so we've been making. Do you want to play another track? What? Uh, where are we want to go next? Because you've you've sent me so much music. Uh, and you mentioned you want to play. What's the next one that uh, came I, out after game plan? I'd say like another a cool one for me was like I've moved around a lot, and I think like mm -hmm. you know one of the I think one of the hard things when you move to a new place is like plugging into the scene there. Yeah. <clears throat> like as as a, as a you know as a musician uh, or just as an artist in general like people like to work with who they know um so i've always like whenever i've moved somewhere like made an effort to connect with the local local crews and whatever mm -hmm. <clears throat> so the first track uh, when i moved to la for really for about 6 months or a year i was just going to parties and just like checking out the scene and finding out what the vibe was. And, and then a label came on my radar called understated. And, um, uh, that, that label wound up signing was the first LA label to sign a track of mine. So that was walk with me. And then they later on, like, then I like really became part of their collective and started DJing at their parties. And then I also had a podcast in LA called LA underground. Um, I remember pre pandemic, that. yeah, and um, you know, I used to interview like 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 cool cool talent on that, and and then it was you know play new music and and what have you, and and then later on we combined forces and it became the the podcast for Understated the label. So then we did that for a while too. Um, anyway, so they're a really special group of people. Um, that the 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 guys the the guys and girls on that label so. Walk With Me was the track that they first signed of mine, so that's kind of probably a good one to play next. Let's play this next. Walk With Me. Walk With Me. go that was so that was walk me and that was that you on the vocal yeah it was yeah i have a whole like in the note in the notes section of my phone like i have a, a folder of lines ideas for all sorts of things like and so i just dug into that and there was this whole like take a walk kind of thing and mm. and um just yeah recorded it and started playing with it 
don't know. Sometimes it's just like, you know, it starts with just like one idea from, it could be anything, but that was, that all came from that vocal idea on that. Yeah. And one thing I was thinking, since you announced the Call of Duty role, has gamer DJ producers that have come out of the woods and gone and gone, hey, how you doing? And have you made new connections from the game and the kind of DJ crossover? I think so. Yeah. I think like, you know, I think a lot of musicians also like to game. So I've mm. had like, I've connected with a couple of people who maybe didn't know what I was up to before and now do because of, because of the, the call of duty attention. And that's mm. pretty cool. Like, I think, you know, you know, I've never really kind of considered myself to be just one thing. Uh, yeah. I, like I, I see, my, I see myself as an artist and, 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 um, you know, and I, and, and I move in the move in different spaces in that way. And I think, like I said before, I, I find that I'm every artist I know that I, mm. that I is, does more than one thing and does different things, different and different, like it works in different media and different art forms. And so, um, it's pretty cool. The crossover, like uh, the crossover is really interesting and also not surprising. Like, you know what I mean? Like, cause I think, I think people, you know, artists, tend to do lots of different things but it is pretty cool when you do one thing that kind of draws people from somewhere else and mm. so yeah it's pretty fun that how's the how's the balancing act between music and acting how's that work for you um i it's it's good like i mean it's good like i i it's an how many hours are in the day situation right but you know i find music to be like particularly cool because it's something you can do without anybody else right you can like you can't, you can't act on your own. Mm. Like that's, that's kind of like you need, it's an, it's a storytelling, right? So you, yep. and storytelling demands that you have a listener, right? Mm. Uh, in some way, but like, but music, you can, you can squirrel away on music on your own, whenever you want, whenever you can grab some time. So that's how I, that's how I, um, the music for me is, is, is not something I'm necessarily doing with an, with an end in mind. I'm, it's mm. like, it's a, it's a, it's a, another part of my creative process uh, or another outlet for my creative like self. And then when I finish something that I'm proud of, then I'll try and put it out and have and share it and, and, you know, have someone sign it and release it and all of that kind of thing. Yeah. And I love playing music to people. I love like, I love, I love dance music and, and the purpose of it. And I think that um, I think that moving with other people to music is a primal need, mm-hmm. and I think like that's something that that I love doing as well. But so for me, like again, it's like I, I do it because I love it. You know, I love the music and I love mm-hmm. why it exists and the reason it exists and mm-hmm. how it brings people together. The management at the time is is the hard thing because you know the the you know. I, great gratefully i'm so busy i've always got a laptop with me like i was traveling just last week and i made half a track between the gate gate waiting for the plane and then i used the whole time on the plane and 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 then when i got to the hotel i had to like sort my levels out because obviously i've been making music to the sound of a plane so it doesn't sound (laughs) like nothing nothing was fitting where it was supposed to but the idea was there you know so that's yeah, the thing yeah. make it happen. And I think like that's the cool thing about electronic music is that you can make it really on the fly wherever you are. Like I have friends that um 
that are, you know, like I have a friend that's a classical pianist and I have a friend that's a, um, like a singer songwriter and they like, you know, they can't do that on a plane, you know, no. um, <laughs> but you know, electronic producers can. I saw, I saw a Call of Duty question, which I, I, I'm intrigued by as well. Dr. Crowley TV, were you able to keep the mask? Uh, and I saw one earlier as well. And did you wear it for Halloween? I was Chewbacca for Halloween. Right. Were you able to, were you able to keep the ghost mask? That's the, the question. And no, I don't. There are only, um, there are two masks right. in existence. And as far as I'm aware, Activision have them. Also, when we're making the game, of course, you don't need the mask isn't on, yeah, because they that's stuff they do afterwards. The but there are two. There are two real masks um, that mm. are incredible, um, and I do not have them. Um, yeah. And then a producer question: What door are you using? Let's go. Let's go the other Ableton. way. Let's go the other. Way. Ableton. There you Ableton. go. Um, and. Yeah. Okay, more music. You've made a so Matt, we've got some brand new music. Yeah. I feel like it's an exclusive, dude. I feel like I feel like we've we've got an exclusive. It is an exclusive. Yeah. Yes! It's, 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 yeah, and it's not finished. It's not finished, but it's it's um you know, I thought it'd be fun to kind of showcase what I'm working on right now. I've got a few I've been I've been squirreling away and I've got like a bunch of stuff that's um that's like almost out the door, but this is, this is, uh, I don't know. I was working on this just this week. So I thought it'd be fun to sort of play some things to show where I'm at, you know, mm. musically. Cool. Tell me about this track. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to make something that was really percussive, um, like, like in its, at its core, like the, to, to really work around rhythms, uh, but also to make something that had like a lot of pump to it. I started, I started with all the percussion, like, and I just started, <clears throat> I just, just got into drum kits and started like building from there. And, um, and then I found a shaker that I really liked. Um, mm. so then I, I, you know, when you're naming tracks, like, you know, I kind of often like, I just, I don't really think uh, like, I don't, I often just like name the track, like whatever it is that I happen <laughs> to have been working on when I, when I have to save it, yeah. you know? Yeah, like I, I did a track. I did a, another track that Understated released called "Pick and Click," and it was because <laughs> I like, I was like I was like I was like just like picking picking drum beats and clicking on them. Hmm. So I was like, "Well, I'm picking and clicking," so it's pick and click, you know. Amazing. And then like, so, so this is like, and, and this one I was like, I I I must have been like playing around with like a million different shakers before I found one that I, I liked. So I, this, this track is called Shaker Maker. That's right, it. let's play it. And someone, someone's actually, before I play it, someone actually asked, what uh, what we're drinking? So I'm on the tea, you're on the... I'm on the coffee. Being in America. And this this, uh, this mug actually is, um, I don't know if you can see it. This is um, from, um, uh, it's from Omega Mart, which is part of an art exhibit in Vegas. By Sick. Meow Wolf. It's an interactive art exhibit. Uh, if you find yourself in Vegas, I 100% recommend that you go and spend a few hours at um, the Meow Wolf Omega Mart art exhibit. It's it's like, it's a it's a trip. Cool. Um, I want to do, do that. That's, I, cool. I have nothing to do with it. I don't, I don't <laughs> get it. I just, that, I just something that inspired me. It's really cool. Let's play this track. So this is Sacred Shaker Maker. Let's play this. Let's go for it. Oh, 
There we go. Holy moly. Right. On a Mondays, on demo streams on a Monday, we do demo feedbacks every Monday. My regulars will know this. Gang, are we giving it the horn or are we giving it the Hulk? Basically, every Monday, if we get some cracks we really love, we either give it the... Or we give it the... Hulk! Smash! So, if you all love... If you love the Hulk, if you loved it, give me the Hulks in the in the, in the chat. Yeah, give it the Hulk, give it the Hulk and the horn. Well, it's just had both. We loved it. I love that's great, mate. I love those little vocal chops. They were sick. Thank you. A bit, um, just just so you know, like the Hobbs the Hobbs collab is real because he's already given me notes. Now he's heard it. <laughs> he's already texting me notes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's cool. Um, very cool, though. Really nice groove, dude. Really nice. Thank you. Yeah. And lo loads of good comments. Loads, so there's some loads of amazing comments in the chat. So good. Yemen, Charlie, Talcus, good. Got, oh, God, that drop. Yeah, loads of people loving it. Loads of fire emojis. Oh, thanks for your lovely comments. Is Sam making oh, is Sam's music on Spotify? Yeah, so he's under Rukin yeah. on, on Spotify. Yeah, I, um, musically, I just go by my last name. Is this this needs to be released ASAP? So that's you were saying this is still early early stages for this. Yeah, it's not even it's not even gone for a mix down yet, um, and um, and there's still like some some bits I want to sort out. But it's yeah, I've I've been um, <clears throat> there's probably about five or six tracks that are very very close like this. Mm. Um, yeah, we'll see. Like uh, I'm sure they'll find a home, and and we'll figure it out. But I like I I, I, I know I'm in a very kind of like being very inspired by like different percussion that I haven't worked with before and um, sort of getting back for me, like just like just getting back to rhythms, you yeah. know? And so, I don't know. And I love that. I love the whole, I love all the, all the, the techier kind of fusion nice, with mate. that, you know? Are you back DJing now as well? I guess, I'm guessing the kind of Call of Duty took a lot of time, and a lot of space in your life and it, and then the kind of music had to stop for a little bit. And now we're kind of yeah. through that. We're back into. I think, yeah. And, and also, you know, we went through a pandemic, didn't we? When the pandemic happened, you know, I had a residency. At, um, like prior to that, I was a resident at um, Avalon in Hollywood, you know, playing there, you know, every month. And then the pandemic happened and everything shut down. And, and so everything stopped and we were all at home again. And then, and then, yeah. And then I got really, really busy doing the other stuff and so uh, and doing call of duty and 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 i you know i made two movies last year as well and, and it's been busy um so it hasn't really like lent itself to gigging and i'm okay with it because you know my experience over the years has been like the gigs the gigs kind of like come and come and go right but the constant is the music and then and like so I've been talking to a couple of people about, you know, putting some things together. So I think like uh, in the new year, I'll have some like announcements about that, but um, Sick. It'd be, it'd be, I'm really excited to, you know, play some music out again. That'd be cool. So anyone that's watching you and it was into that music, go and follow him on socials. And it's all just one social for your, for across both, isn't it? For both movies and acting and DJing. It's all one place. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's all in one place. Yeah. Let's talk next year. You said mentioned you got movies coming. What can you talk about them? Yeah, so um, I did a movie called uh, Canvas, which is about um, the art world. Um, nice. 
uh, and about like you know the the cost of the this the what it means to be an artist and and the hardships of that and and whether it needs to be tough or not so i play like an i play an american like an american dad in in the 80s who's um raising two uh girls who are uh both like talented artists and he puts them under a lot of pressure. <laughs> so uh, that's one of them. And then I did a film uh, called um, All Souls, uh, set in LA. I play an, um, an LAPD um, narcotics detective in that. And um, that's like a pretty, um, like it's like a thriller really about this this girl who's been made a, um, a confidential informant for the LAPD. It gets, it gets, uh, we've got, um, and G easy's in that. And, uh, it's, it's like, it's a pretty, it's, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool movie too. Um, so we're waiting to find out where they, when they're coming out, but they're, yeah, they're in the can. Um, cool. they should be out next year sometime. And then is there more Call of Duty? What's, what's, how's that looking for the next going forward? I don't know. See how it goes. We'll see. And then more music next year. Let's, let's, I can't wait to hear more music, dude. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you a few few more bits after this. Want to finish on one more? Sure. What else is in there? Uh, well, the soiree that we released, that I actually released for you, we can finish on that. It's a nice place to play. Or we can sure. play Disco Nights, which you did with Hobbs. You choose. The other guest. Um, let's do Disco Nights. It's so nice. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm gonna, tell us about this track. So, yeah, this was, this was part of the... Um, the the group of tracks that that Hobbs and I made together, and we really wanted to like you know we both love disco, mm. and we love that kind of uh, and and we love like we, you know both of us have like a catalog of like of disco samples, and <clears throat> and just like try like we just have like a shared love of it, and so we wanted to kind of make our own our own uh, version of of that and. Um, uh, and then this is just what came out. Yeah, this is this is one of the ones that came out. And I, I love I love all the elements in this track. I think it's like a really silky, like vibey track, uh, and it sounds wicked on a loud system. Um, this track. So okay, let's play this yeah. after this. I'm going to tell you about one thirty disco, which is a, which is a whole genre we've started to make up. Uh, wow. I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you about it. That's great. Yeah, bas- basically we've invented a, g- a genre, and I'm trying I'm trying to make it happen. But I'll tell you about it after. Great. Right, let's play this. This is called Disco Nights. This is you and Hobbs, uh, Rukin and Hobbs, Disco Nights. Let's play this.
Wicked. I love those little squelches, dude. They're really nice. Hobbs has got a box of them. (laughs) A box of squelchy little stabs. Um, Wicked. That was so good. I love that track. Um, Yeah, so basically, I was saying before, we've started making a whole, whole new genre of music. It's called 130 Disco. Basically, it's disco at 130 BPM, but with a kind of techno thumpier beat. I basically, me and Hobbs DJ'd in a, uh, at this uh, festival called Mucky Weekend in, uh, in the summer. And I was like, look, just pitch every all the disc up to 130. It makes it so much fun because uh, it's a bit more pumpy, a bit more dancey because it's just faster. But, uh, and, he, and, and it was like, we literally were jumping around in the te- in this, in this pirate ship. It was hilarious. So basically we were trying to make all of our Discord get into 130 Disco. And people have actually started making 130. CB Radio has started making 130 Disco, which is hilarious, but also great. So if you fancy a fancy more, a challenge, the new one thirty challenge. Yeah. Yeah. More disco, always, all speeds. Sure. Thank you firstly for doing this, dude. It's been so much fun. It's great to hear about it all and great to hear about the the journeys of all all the acting, the, the Call of Duty and the and the DJing. And, and I think you've got some new fans from the from the chat, from your for music. And so thank you for being here. Thank you for your time today. It's been so much fun. Yeah. Merry Christmas. You too, Dudio. You too. <laughs>